Hey guys, Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks so much for downloading this week's radio show into podcast form. Appreciate that. And please do rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Really appreciate you guys that have done that. And if you do it, email me a screenshot, Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. That's M-U-N-D-O. And you know what? You'll get a free Heartland College Sports koozie. It's a good deal. The podcast has blown up this season even more than the website because of you. I appreciate that. And enjoy the show. Third and goal at the three. And Iowa State moved at the snap. Skyler Thompson to the goal line. Touchdown. I can feel it coming on down as the music plays. Taking shots with the night out. He's at the Baylor 35, the 30, the 25, the 20. It's a foot race to the 10, to the 5. Into the end zone. He goes again. David Sills with a 53-yard touchdown reception. We're going on. And the Cyclones win it. They have knocked off the number four TCU Hard Frogs. This is not some mirage. When the They just kept trying to catch him, and he just kept running away from him. It's 81 yards from McCluskey on the grab. It's caught at the 10, to the 5, into the end zone, it's a touchdown! Oh, mama! Well, what a final couple of weeks we have shaping up for the Big 12 Conference. It is going to be absolutely fantastic. Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks so much for joining us on our weekly show, Heartland College Sports Weekly, where your independent Big 12 digital media outlet, whether it's on radio, podcast, YouTube, uh, whatever it might be, we appreciate you joining us and being a part of this. So you look at the Big 12 Conference over the next two weeks. What conference has as good a final two weeks, three weeks if you include the conference championship game as the Big 12? The answer is nobody. It's not even close. You have four teams that are in contention to make the Big 12 championship game. OU and West Virginia are 6-1 and one in conference play. Oh, and by the way, they'll meet on Black Friday. You have Texas and Iowa State, both at 5-2. and two. Oh, and by the way, they'll be meeting this weekend. Look around the rest of the conference. You don't have any of this or around the rest of the conferences. You don't have any of this going on elsewhere in the Power Five. You don't. The ACC is Clemson in the Atlantic. We all know that by now. And then on the other side, it looks like it's going to be Pittsburgh and the Coastal, which, by the way, when we get to that game, is anybody going to think twice about picking Pittsburgh over Clemson anyway in the ACC championship game? No, nobody's going to do that. You're not. I'm not. It's going to be irrelevant. It is Clemson's conference, and everybody knows that, and it's not even close with a couple of weeks left in the season. Let's go to, just for fun, Let's. Uh, where do you want to go next? You want to go to the Big Ten? Let's do the Big Ten. So the West is set. Northwestern won the Big Ten West, and the East is still up for grabs between Michigan and Ohio State. But... And while these two teams still have to play, all right, that's two teams. And the winner of that game, we all know, is by far more likely to win the Big Ten. Can we not forget here that Northwestern started off 1-3? They beat Purdue. They lost to Duke. And then they lost to Akron. Northwestern lost to Akron. 
and I'm supposed to take them seriously, that's not happening. Sorry. So it's really a two-team race in the Big Ten. Uh, Should we go where? To the SEC next? Look at that. By the way, you want to see a crime? Look at the SEC schedule this weekend. Between the Citadel and Louisiana Monroe, it's it's an embarrassment that the SEC does this this, what, second-to-last regular season week of the year. Every year it's the same thing. They go out there and they schedule these horrific games that make you scratch your head and say, okay, are we supposed to take this conference seriously or not? I mean, look at some of the games on the schedule. If you haven't looked at it, let me give them to you here. You got, who is this? M- I don't even know who MTU is. Oh, Middle Tennessee is who's facing Kentucky. Wow, great job there, Kentucky. Alabama and the Citadel, Florida, Idaho. All right, we have a couple of conference games. Missouri, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Although the way Arkansas is playing, that much it's not much better than an FCS opponent. Uh, Georgia is facing – oh, Georgia's taking on UMass. Do not overlook UMass, all right? Don't overlook UMass. Just don't do it. Uh, Liberty is on the road against Auburn. All right, going real tough before the big Iron Bowl next week. A&M against UAB. By the way, was UAB – wasn't UAB ranked this week or something in the coaches' poll? To give uh, Texas A&M another top 25 win, was that the plan there? Are you kidding me? Oh, LSU has Rice. I don't want to mess with Rice. Wouldn't want to do that. Uh, it's What an embarrassment. And the conference has got to be starting to get called out for this stuff. No one does it. Every year, same thing, clockwork. Nobody says anything, but then we say, oh, my gosh, can you believe the Big 12? It's just not that strong a conference this year. You cannot understate the value of having a softball game in the middle of November. You cannot understate it. The SEC isn't dumb. That conference knows what it's doing, okay? All right, now back to the uh, the conferences here. The Pac-12. Washington State's in control in the north. You got Utah in the south, but the south stinks. The Pac-12 south is a disaster. The Big 12, with two weeks left in the season, is as up in the air, as competitive, and as intriguing and not even as, more so than any other conference in America at the Power 5 level. And while some people are having this conversation, not enough are. So we're going to do it because that's what we do here at heartlandcollegesports.com. We point out to you that the Big 12 continues to not get the respect, the accolades, and the attention that it deserves. Why do you think I started this website to begin with? You know, I, I worked in Oklahoma for a couple of years. Spent two years out in Woodward, Oklahoma. Great people, fantastic town. This show still airs on a radio station out there on Z92, and we appreciate all those people. When I then went to New York for five years, and I started working at CBS Sports and then Fox News and then Sports Illustrated, I said, you know what? Where's the Big 12 champion? Where's the Saturday Down South, which is an SEC website of the Big 12? And it didn't exist. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just starting this thing from scratch. And I started it off as just a little kind of bloggy posting website, a couple things here, a couple things there. Then put some real money into the website, built that up, got a couple of great writers on board, a, a fantastic group of guys that we have right now, and Derek Duke and Cam Brock and Matthew Postens and Dave Beal. Uh, they've been around now for a couple of years. I can't thank those guys enough. The podcast has blown up. YouTube is getting hot, and it's just been awesome. 
And it's for this very reason. You guys have responded because you know as well as I do, this conference has not gotten the attention it deserves. And this season is another example of that. It is. And it's just, it's pathetic. We're sitting here with a couple weeks left and the best race is in the Big 12. And it's like, oh, well, look at who Alabama's playing this weekend in the Citadel. Who cares? All right, great. They care in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Listen to Paul Feinbaum for that. That's not what we're here for. So it's going to be a fun, absolutely thrilling next couple of weeks. And we appreciate you uh, being along for the ride. So a lot of controversy over what happened between Baylor and Iowa State over the weekend. Let me just touch on that game from last week. Uh, They got into a brawl. And I got Baylor fans telling me it's Iowa State's fault. I got Iowa State fans telling me it's Baylor's fault. Here's where I'm going to place more of the blame. Both sides are at fault. Let's not get that totally out of line here. Both sides are at fault on this. I am putting slightly more blame on Baylor because it started with Baylor knocking David Montgomery into the water cooler out of bounds. Uh, when the guy was already like 10 yards out of bounds, he got shoved into the water cooler. That was out of line by Baylor, and that kind of started this whole thing. And then one play later, you have Akeem Butler get tied up with a Baylor player, right? And this is where Baylor fans come out and they say, well, Hakeem Butler put his neck on our guy's – or he put his knee on our guy's neck area. And I understand that as well. But if you look at the replay – you can see Hakeem Butler try to get up, and the Baylor defender, I'm sorry I don't know his name, uh, try to get up, and the Baylor defender has his arms wrapped around Hakeem Butler's back leg knee area. It made no sense at all, and then Butler gets annoyed, and he puts the knee to the neck area, and he pushes back on the guy's helmet. But then on the flip side, you have someone try to gouge Hakeem Butler's eyes. I couldn't tell who that was for Baylor. And then you also have Greg Roberts take the first swing at David Montgomery over the top of an official. So I'm putting more of the blame for that chaos on Baylor. It doesn't mean Iowa State's immune to criticism. It doesn't mean they were partially in the wrong. But it does mean that more of this, from the way I see it, goes on Baylor. Now, it doesn't mean Baylor's a bunch of criminal thugs, which was what people want to put on social media. That's nonsense. That's stupid. Uh, You know that, and I know that. This is a totally different group of guys. Matt Rule has done an incredible job cleaning up that program and turning it around, not just on the field, but off the field as well. Emotions just got hot. But for some people, it's a chance to pile on Baylor. I don't think that's fair. And Baylor fans get very defensive, it seems like, about some of this stuff. So I'll defend them on the bigger picture. But in terms of Saturday specifically, I'm putting more of the blame on the Bears for that. I am. And both Matt Campbell and Matt Rule talked about it during Monday's Big 12 teleconference. Let's start with what Campbell had to say. So there were some un- unfortunate times during that game where, you know, I think both both teams, the you know, the cooler heads didn't prevail. And that's unfortunate because this is a sport and a game that, you know, is there's a lot of, you know, dignity to it. And for a quarter, there wasn't a lot of dignity in the game of football. So that's Matt Campbell on Monday after the brawl. And here is what Matt Rule, the Baylor head coach, had to say. Nothing else beyond that. I mean, we uh, anything, you know, I've handled, I've talked to the guys and handled things myself. But they'll, 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 uh, Charlie will play in the, game and, and Greg will come in in, in the second half and um, or, no, I, I say more Greg extremely apologetic and um, you know I don't you know I think for him just uh, 
uh, character. And, and Charlie, I think he learned a lesson, you know. Um, so there you have both coaches handling it, I think, classily. I don't think this will drag on or the handshake if you saw that after the game. Uh, no love lost at all between these two coaches and these two teams. And for Iowa State, no David Montgomery for the first half on Saturday against Texas. That's a big deal. It's a very big deal that Matt Campbell's downplaying. But, jeez, I don't think it was fair. I really don't. I think you had to look at that situation and say, while Montgomery was certainly wrong to retaliate, he also was the guy who got hit first. He did retaliate, kick him out of the game. But I think that's where the Big 12 has to use its judgment and say, we're not going to affect a game that has Big 12 championship implications like this. I don't think you do it. That's just me, though. Well, we got a lot to dive into on the uh, show today, and that includes the latest college football playoff rankings. No movement, but what does it mean for the Big 12 Conference? I'll dive into that coming up on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So the college football playoff rankings came out, and while there was no movement, Still pretty telling. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. We appreciate you joining us and being a part of the show. So no movement this week in the top 10. First time that's ever happened since they started doing these things, what, 2014 I guess it was? But the team in the rankings that is driving me nuts, absolutely nuts, is none other than Notre Dame at number three. The love for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish is ridiculous. Have you seen this schedule? They beat Michigan. That's a really good win. It's a win that they deserve to be ranked highly for. But this schedule stinks. The schedule is no good for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I don't care what anybody tells me about, oh, look at all the – it's not about the big names. You know what? It's not about having Stanford. Stanford's not any good this year. Northwestern's in the top 25. They're going to win the Big Ten West. Is anybody afraid of Stanford? Because I'm not. I think Stanford could lose to half of the teams in the Big 12 tomorrow by a touchdown to 10 points easily. Florida State, garbage this year. Notre Dame has two late games left against Syracuse, which is ironically a tougher game than Florida State, and USC on the road, a USC team that is struggling. That's it. Then they'll be 12-0, they won't have to play in a conference championship game, and they're going to walk their way in to the college football playoff, and they will get embarrassed in the semifinal. I promise you, if they'll lose, I'm not saying it's going to be that 2012 championship game ugly where Alabama blew the doors out off of the, uh, off of the building and Brent Musburger is out there talking about, what's her name, Webb, right? A.J. McCarron's girlfriend at the time, I think they're now married. What was her first name? I don't know. Whatever, Webb, something Webb. That was the highlight of that game. Uh, Brent Musburger. Love Uncle Brent. We miss him over here at heartlandcollegesports.com. But, you know, I'm watching this pre-show on ESPN, whatever you want to call it, and could Joey Galloway talk in any more cliches? I'm convinced that Joey Galloway is paid by the cliche. He said something that was so stupid. What did he say? Uh, Cincinnati's starting to play some real football. Joey. What the hell does that mean, buddy? That means nothing to me. Real football? 
what you mean they're playing like good football they're playing well they're playing better for reasons x y and z oh my god this guy is horrible this is the same guy who said after kansas beat what central michigan watch out for those jayhawks baby keep an eye on the jayhawks it's amazing i don't know who joey galloway has nude photos of at espn but he is just robbing that place blind every time he opens his mouth and gets paid for it holy cow but Notre Dame, you know, something else they were doing in the pre-show, they were talking about Oklahoma, right? And they're like, well, this team is so good on offense and just so bad on defense. I, what do we do about this? It's unbelievable. And, you know, they talked about defensive efficiency. Oklahoma's ranked, I think, 88th in the country in defensive efficiency. Not a good defensive team. Not at all. But I was going through some of the offensive efficiencies in the country just to kind of compare it, right, take a look and see who else is being – touted and talked about you know who's number 86 in offensive efficiency in the country northwestern who just won the big 10 west what does that say about the big 10 west right why don't we have that conversation can we have that conversation you know who's ranked 71st in the country in offensive efficiency kentucky the same kentucky team that what has lost two games in a row one being to horrible Tennessee and they're still in the top 20 I believe it is are you kidding me and they have two games left against middle Tennessee and a terrible Louisville team by the way so they're going to win their next two games and Kentucky's probably going to be in the top 15 and no one's going to say anything about it no one's going to make a peep about that because it's an SEC team and they actually had a decent year in the SEC so people are going to say well Kentucky must be pretty good no one's going to bring up the fact that their offense is junk no one's going to do that. No, because you don't do that with the SEC. You only do it with the Big 12. And I'm not protecting Oklahoma's defense. It's bad. They came in when they made the move from Mike Stoops to Ruffin McNeil. They looked a little bit better in the second half against TCU and in the full game against Kansas State. But, you know... <laughs> To be fair, it was TCU's offense and it was Kansas State's offense. Both are terrible this year, and over the past couple of weeks, OU has not looked good on that side of the ball against Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. And I know that those are good offenses as well. And that has to be pointed out, too, that offensively, those are very good teams and they're efficient offenses. And, you know, you can't just overlook them and say, well, they gave up whatever they gave up, 90 points to those two teams. So, oh, that's a bad look. No, those are good teams with good offenses. But it's just so evident to me that the Big 12 is going to have a very hard time getting into this thing because of Notre Dame not playing a conference championship game, and I think they'll win out. And I was a proponent of the Big 12 championship game. Even if it ends up being Oklahoma and West Virginia, I'm not going to regret the idea that a Big 12 championship game is good for this conference. If OU beats West Virginia in two weeks and then OU loses to West Virginia in the title game, it would stink for the Big 12, wouldn't be good for the conference, but at the same time, I'm not going to have any regrets because the conference championship game helps the conference overall, I believe, for the long haul. Having these meaningless West Virginia-Baylor games on Championship Saturday as a regular season matchup was not a good look for the conference. So I said that. At the same token, Notre Dame has got to get itself in a conference. This whole, well, we got to play Navy because, well, you know, it, it's, it's just a classic rivalry. I, you know, we got to get those games in. 
Why? Who the heck cares? Half the Notre Dame alums who give a rip about playing Navy are six feet under. Let's be honest. What college football fan under the age of 40 to 45 cares at all that Notre Dame has to play the military schools every year? Nobody. It's a joke. Get yourself in a conference, put yourself in a division in the ACC, which you're basically in already, and then go win a conference championship the right way. You know, I mean, this, this schedule this year is weak for Notre Dame. They're getting a ton of credit for it, and it's not to say they're not a good team, but they're going to blow this whole thing up because if they're undefeated at 12-0, and they're going to have to be in the college football playoff, and then you're going to have five conferences fighting for three spots. You know Alabama's in. Uh, let's be honest, Clemson's probably going to be all right and get into that darn thing. And then you're going to have the Big Ten, the Big 12, and maybe the Pac-12 with Washington State or a second SEC team fighting for a spot. That's what's going to happen. And just my hunch, Big 12 is going to get left out because that's what that's what it does. That's what happens to the Big 12 conference. And they're already setting the table for it by saying, oh, this OU team is just unbalanced. They just got no defense. I mean, it's, it's you know, really good offense, not enough defense. That's what they're going to say. I'm just preparing you for it. I don't like it, but I'm just preparing you for it. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Well, coming up, let's preview week 12 in the Big 12 Conference. We'll get to that more coming up next. Well, there's so much to get into with this weekend's games, but before I do that, I need to quickly touch on what happened with Tom Herman last weekend and uh, former Ohio State assistant Zach Smith. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much for joining us. We're your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So Sunday night, I guess it was, I'm sitting around, nothing's going on, quiet, trying to watch some Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles game, and pop on Twitter on my phone, and Tom Herman is getting eviscerated by Zach, um, Zach Smith. Now, if you don't know who Zach Smith is, he is the former Ohio State assistant coach who was accused of beating up his wife. Remember, there was the investigation into this from Urban Meyer or Ohio State. Urban Meyer was put on leave, the whole thing. And it's long been rumored that Tom Herman was helping finance Zach Smith's ex-wife because their wives were friends from when they were both on the Ohio State staff. Well, Zach Smith went off on Twitter on Sunday night and just lit up Tom Herman saying the guy's cheated on his wife multiple times. He's seen it. He's got proof of it. And he just went bonkers talking about Asian masseuses and the whole thing. It was ugly. It was nasty. And people kept saying to me, oh, you watch what's happening with Tom. Nothing's happening here. The allegations are that Tom Herman may have cheated on his wife. His wife knew about it at the time. So whatever happened there, if any of this happened, was between them, and apparently they're fine because the couple is still married, Tom Herman and his wife, Michelle. So it's really not anybody's business. I'm not condoning it if it happened. All I'm saying is it means nothing. And I got OU fans and some Baylor fans like, oh, look at that. Look at what's happening in Austin. Nothing's happening in Austin. By the way, the guy that's lighting up Twitter about this stuff is, let's be honest, as big a piece of dirt as there is out there. So take it with a grain of salt anyway. I'm not going nuts over that. What I am going nuts over in a weird way is the fact that Matt Campbell 
was listed with the sixth best odds to land the Louisville job after Bobby Petrino got fired. Louisville's not a good job. I don't know who convinced Las Vegas oddsmakers that Louisville is a good job. It's not. They were good for a little bit there under Bobby Petrino and Charlie Strong. I think it's a lateral move, Iowa State, to Louisville at this point. What's so great about Louisville? It's a basketball school. It's a basketball state. And on top of that, (laughs) you're in the uh, ACC division with Florida State and Clemson. It's not a great job. It's not an easy job, especially when some of the schools in that division are getting better, like Boston College. So that made no sense to me why Matt Campbell was listed at 12-1 to with the sixth best odds of landing the Louisville job. Like, do we forget it's still Louisville? Jeff Brom at Purdue is the best odds. Uh, is that a great move for him? Neil Brown at Troy, okay, maybe. Ryan Day, offensive coordinator for Ohio State, I could see it. Brent Venables at Clemson, no. The defensive coordinator there, that makes no sense. Brent Venables uh, has turned down better jobs than that from what I've heard. Dino Babers at Syracuse? Why would Dino Babers leave Syracuse? They're in the top 15 this year. To stay in the same conference and go to Louisville? Jeez, I don't know if the Vegas oddsmakers all have Louisville degrees, but something's going on there. It's weird. All right, let's get into Week 12, and let's get some of the nonsense out of the way, most notably Oklahoma and Kansas. Kansas had a chance last week to win its final game of the season, and that's what I'm going to call last week against K-State. They had a chance to win what I thought was their last best chance at a victory against the Wildcats. They should have done it. They didn't do it. And it wasn't just because Peyton Bender lost the ball out of his hands on the last play of the game. It wasn't just because of that. Uh, Defense led up at the end. Alex Delton went down, took his team to a victory. And sorry for David Beatty. It's weird. He's fired, and he's still coaching. And last week was the week that that team would have came out and gave it everything they had. Now I think they're in coasting mode, and OU's going to tear him up pretty good. Oklahoma final, 49 to 17 uh, over the Kansas Jayhawks. There is your number. OU 49, KU 17 in Norman on Saturday. All right, let's keep it rolling here and go to, well, let's do the uh, biggest spread to smallest spread. Texas Tech at K-State. I know Tech's dealing with some quarterback issues. Jet Duffy is there at quarterback instead of Alan Bowman. I don't think we'll see Alan Bowman the rest of the year with the collapsed lung. I'd be very surprised if Bowman plays again this year. He's a true freshman. Let him get his bearings underneath him again. He's had this collapsed lung deal twice now in the last few weeks. Make sure his body's healthy. I think Cliff Kingsbury is safe at this point. If he's not safe, he should be safe. He's lost three straight games, but he's lost them all by a small margin. What, 21 points total? He deserves to come back. And I hope he's gotten that behind closed doors because then he can say, all right, I'm not going to play Bowman. Play this thing, play the long game, put in Jet Duffy. He's not a great quarterback, Jet Duffy, but his legs can win you some games, and he can hit enough throws to make it work. So uh, Texas Tech will go up to Manhattan because Tech's lost three straight games. They're dying to beat somebody up, and one more win for Tech. They got that bowl appearance, and they'll be feeling good about things. So I think that Tech's going to take care of business in Manhattan against the Wildcats who are worn down. There's questions around Bill Snyder. No one knows what the heck is going on there. I just wish if Bill Snyder does retire at the end of the season, it's going to be sad because he could have done this. And I know he'll say, well, it's not about me. But you know what? It's about the fans. 
and the fans would have loved to have spent the last month or two months or even, hell, a whole year of the season saying goodbye to you, loving on you, and, you know, I'm not saying it's got to be Derek Jeter-esque where you're given a tour in every city you go to, but you're Bill freaking Snyder. The fans deserve to send you off the way they want to send you off. I mean, as much as you've struggled this year and it's not working anymore, what Bill Snyder did for this program and for this entire university cannot be understated. And you know, I think he does need to retire, but at the same time, it's going to be sad to me if he just, like, after the last game of the year, goes, all right, well, that's it for me. Uh, see ya. I, I just I hope that doesn't happen. I hope. But that team's uh, not in good shape right now. So give me Texas Tech a final over Kansas State of 35 to 24. Let's go to Oklahoma State hosting West Virginia. Mountaineers not a big favorite. Four and a half points. Four and a half points is it for the Mountaineers against Oklahoma State. Now, I think this is a huge letdown spot for Oklahoma State. They come off that loss in Bedlam. And that's how this season has gone for the Cowboys. They look really good. They look really bad. They look really good. They look really bad. Think about it. They get crushed by K-State. They beat Texas. They lose to Baylor, and then they almost beat Oklahoma. Strange game. Now, maybe Mike Gundy's got his guys juiced up because he wants to knock West Virginia out of the Big 12 playoff picture. But I, 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 you know, I'm just not feeling it this week. Because it's been a seesaw kind of season. Last week was their Super Bowl. They came up short. Uh, I'm not going to discount Gundy's ability to get his guys up for a big game. I just don't see it happening this week. I'm not. I'm not seeing that. So give me the uh, Mountaineers over the Cowboys by a final of 41 to 31. All right, TCU and Baylor, good rivalry game, but both these teams struggling this year. I will take the Bears in this game. TCU is a mess. It's just it's a rebuilding year for Gary Patterson. Baylor's got it going, actually. You know, they beat Oklahoma State two weeks ago. And if Charlie Brewer doesn't get ejected last week, maybe they give Iowa State a little bit more of a push. I like where this team is right now, this Baylor Bears team. And they're also in a spot where one win and they're bowl eligible, which would be huge, absolutely huge for this uh, young team to get three extra weeks of practice. And the game of the weekend of the Big 12, which, by the way, none of us can watch. Because it's on the Longhorn Network. Try to find it somewhere else. Stream it. Radio. Whatever. Texas hosting Iowa State. The Cyclones have just been playing some great football. Winners of five in a row. Texas up and down, especially on defense. Here's the thing. Iowa State's defense is great. They're going to hold people in check. And on the other side of the ball, Texas's defense has struggled lately. Talk with Cedric Golden about it earlier. Look at this. 38 points to Oklahoma State. 42 to West Virginia, 34 to Texas Tech. It's not working. Secondary's hurting a little bit, too. I like Brock Purdy. I know it's going to be tough, but going into Austin, using Hakeem Butler. Tell me who's stopping Hakeem Butler. Chris Boyd can't do it. He couldn't stop Tylen Wallace. And that defense right now for Iowa State is going to have a field day against an inefficient Texas offense. So give me Iowa State a final of 31 to 28 over the Texas Longhorns. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place. Heartland College Sports Weekly. Yeah, we're one big country nation. That's right.
Well, thanks for downloading and listening to this week's show. Once again, please do rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And if you do it, send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, that's M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Thanks for the download, guys. Appreciate you listening, and we'll chat with you on Sunday after the games on heartlandcollegesports.com.